0: Welcome to Slaking Thirsts, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. We hear how this scholar of the law, he comes to Jesus to test him with this question. His initial question, is not terrible, it's actually A beautiful, very important question. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus' response, right? What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he responds well. He has a great response. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And this is where he should have stopped, right? He should have stopped right here. He should have stopped talking. Because he was doing great. (laughs) He was doing great. But it says, wishing to justify himself he asks. And who is my neighbor? All right, what's going on here? This scholar of the law, he's fairly confident. He's fairly confident that when it comes to his responsibilities towards God, he's been blameless. He considers his religious practice to be praiseworthy and exemplary. I've done it perfectly. I've, I've got no sin here to confess. And, and he's quite confident that when it comes to his duties with the second part of the commandment, loving his neighbor, he's pretty confident that uh, he's, he's done great there as well. That in his mind, no doubt, he's thinking about the goodness that he's shown towards his fellow Pharisees, towards his fellow Jews. Because these, of course, these are my neighbor, right? The people who are like me, the people who are in my circle, and he asks Jesus because he's sure that Jesus is going to corroborate his ideas about what constitutes his neighbor. Like, how wide is my circle of concern? And and cer- I mean, certainly it extends just to the children of Abraham, doesn't it? That's what he's thinking. That's what he's thinking. And he's not thinking that because he's some awful person, but because that's what everyone thought. Right? That's what everyone thought. And this is where Jesus blows up his mental categories. <laughs> It's where he just obliterates them, where he far expands his circle of concern with this beautiful parable of the Good Samaritan. The way that Jesus paints it is just so powerful. He says this man, there's a man, unknown person, going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. If you're a first century Jew, if you're like this scholar of the law, your immediately first thought would be, like, why is he going to Jericho? Why would you go to Jericho? No one should go to Jericho. Jericho is a city of sin. It's pagan. It's non-Jew. Like, what business does he have leaving God's holy city to go to Jericho? He shouldn't have been going there. He says he's fallen victim to robbers. Good, thinks the scholar of the law. Good. He deserved that. He shouldn't have been going there in the first place. And they leave him half dead, naked, stripped on the side of the road. And then we hear about a priest who comes down the road. He sees the man and he moves to the opposite side. Again, the scholar of the law, he's thinking, well, of course. He has priestly duties to take care of, and he can't defile himself by drawing near to this man who's covered in blood and God who knows what else, right? it's, it's, It's unfortunate, but he couldn't stop. There's no way he could do that, and same thing with the Levite, same reasons. If you're the scholar of the law, you're thinking, well, of course he did that, and then the way that Jesus sets this up, but then there comes the Samaritan. Again, if you're Thinking and reading this story through the lens of first century Judaism, you're thinking like the scholar of the law is thinking. An enemy of Israel, an enemy of God, the Samaritan stops, draws near to the man, lifts him upon his own animal, pours oil and wine into his wounds. He gets in there, like really in there, really close to the mess, really close to the the pain takes care of him in the inn, gives money to the innkeeper, tend to this man. If you spend more than what I've given you, I'll return and I'll give you more. And then Jesus' question, of course, which of the three was neighbor to the man in the ditch? And the scholar responds, the one who treated him with mercy. Now, that is a fabulous answer. That's the right answer. That's the right answer. You can almost feel You can almost see conversion happening in this scholar of the law. Metanoia is the word for repent. Go beyond. It literally means go beyond the mind that you have. You can see metanoia happening in this scholar of the law. The one who treated him with mercy. Because he's probably thinking, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have done that. I would have been like the first two, like the priest and the Levite. And Jesus has been challenging him so deeply to see that he's this scholar of the law unfortunately has drawn his circle of concern far with far too narrow far too small a radius because this parable is actually about Jesus because the one in the ditch is fallen humanity and the Lord has come as this good Samaritan from this distant country, drawing near to humanity, lifting us up. He draws so close to all of our pain and brokenness that he associates himself with our sinfulness. Right? He gets in line with the sinners on the banks of the Jordan, wades himself into the murky waters of all of it, lifts humanity upon the beast of his divine glory and exalts us to heaven. This parable is about Jesus, it's about the incarnation. It's about the Messiah coming upon humanity, saying, I will do something about this. This story, it's related to the story of Lazarus and the rich man, right? The rich man's sin was was that he allowed his heart to become hardened. He allowed his heart to become hardened. So, what Jesus is, what he's inviting us to see today, what he's saying to us today, He's challenging us, just like he challenged the scholar of the law. He's saying, let your hearts be moved. Let your hearts be moved with compassion for one another. And he's challenging us to consider the radius of our circle of concern. He's challenging us to consider, are there people I refuse to see, I refuse to acknowledge, that I don't want to get involved with? We need this corrective. God knows I need this corrective. Let us let the word of God challenge us today. Like really get in there and challenge us. Amen.